this is Rob Powell, and today in Turbo Talks we're talking to Ashley Moomapascio about her Swift adventures. Alright everyone, welcome back to the Turbo Talks podcast. My name is Rob Powell, and I'm joined today by the woman who started this season winning two national titles on the road. But then the pandemic transformed her into a Swift addict, I think we can say. Uh, but she just continues her winning ways online these days. But before we're going to hear all about the Swift journey, I'm going to ask you guys just to check and uh, double check whether you are already subscribed to the Turbo Talks podcast on your favorite platform. Uh, it just makes it easier. You can listen back to previous episodes, plus new episodes like this will automatically pop up in your library. So it's all too easy. Just make sure you do that. And of course, you're probably going to want to share this episode with a friend who also yeah, probably can use some swift lessons from this champion. So time to jump into it with today's guest. You may have guessed it already. She's the South African champion of CCC Lith, Ashley Moulman-Pasio. Welcome on the show, Ashley. How are you going? Hi, Rob. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm doing very well. Thank you. And you? Yeah, I'm doing uh, really well as well. Um, I must say, I was preparing for this interview, and usually what I'll do, I'll check everyone on uh, on pro cycling stats. And these days, I was going to check uh, Swift Power, the website, something different. <laughs> yeah, things have changed quite quickly. Um, so yeah, it's an it's been an interesting journey. And I, I must say, I thought like okay, I'm going to have all the statistics up to date, and then I saw like the last two hours you already did a ride again. So maybe you you really became a, a bit of a Swift addict. <laughs> Yeah, well, I've certainly learned to appreciate um, Swift since um, since the lockdown. So if I'm 100% honest, I was like every road cyclist um, pro. You know, I, I really, before lockdown happened, before the pandemic happened, I, I really didn't enjoy indoor training. And I avoided it at all costs. So, you know, I live in, in Girona. We have beautiful, we, we arguably it's a cycling paradise in Europe. So we have access to amazing, beautiful country roads and, and very good weather. So usually I, I haven't had to, um, to train indoors at all. And then with the breakout of the pandemic, um, the lockdown reality became, you know, reality very quickly. So in Spain, you know, for very much the beginning part of the season, I suppose I was in the mindset that a lot of people were in that, ah, oh, you know, it's something happening somewhere else in the world and it's not my problem, you know, and then it started to come closer and closer to home and the races started to become affected. So it started to affect me more, more personally. And then all of a sudden, um, Spain went from, you know, a rumor of lockdown on Friday to full lockdown on Sunday. So it was literally in a period of 48 hours um, that the lockdown was implemented. And I was faced with the reality that all of a sudden I wasn't able to to train on the beautiful roads of Girona anymore. Um, and luckily, I did have a really good indoor setup. So I had my Tax Neo smart trainer and I had a big screen TV and the whole Zwift setup because we'd been exposed to Zwift before um, about two years back because Zwift came to stay at our business in Girona called Rockacorba Cycling. They used it as a training camp facility um, for 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 some of their um, Zwifters who had won a, a competition. So I'd been introduced to this platform before and it looked intriguing, but it was still that kind of like, oh, if I don't have to do it, why, why am I going to do it? Um, but anyways, now suddenly I was faced the, with the reality that I was stuck indoors. Um, and so, you know, very early on, I decided um, that, you know, I could make my life really difficult and, and dwell on what I can't do. 
or I could try my best to embrace the new reality um, that faced me because of the pandemic and to try to make the most out of it. And at first, my motivation started um, mostly around, okay, well, let me try and highlight some weaknesses and let's start working on the weaknesses. So if I, if I think of myself as an athlete, you know, I'm, I'm very much identified as a climber. Um, so I'm a lot out the saddle. You know, I like to use the bike um, in, in my riding. But some, one of my weaknesses is that maybe I, I'm not the most powerful rider, for example, in the saddle. So I thought, okay, well, now this is the opportunity to face, you know, my weaknesses. It's not something I really enjoy doing, but I'm going to get on the indoor trainer. Um, and at first I just started doing intervals on the indoor trainer and, and the intervals were hard. I mean, the reality is, is that indoor training is much harder than outdoor training. Um, so the first week was, was really a big mental challenge to, to, um, just embrace the fact that it is harder. I have to drop my threshold power to be more realistic in the beginning and let's just try and work through this. Um, and at first, I didn't really even use Zwift when I was doing my intervals. I thought, you know, this is a distraction. Why would I want to use Zwift? You know, I'm focused. I'm doing my intervals. But um, I then got invites um, from some of the Italian pros to, to join a meetup on Zwift. Um, and so I joined the meetup. And that was my first introduction to Zwift where I, I realized, wow, okay, this has some potential. You know, um, there's the opportunity to ride in this virtual world um, with people from all around the world. Um, and there's a nice social element to it. Um, and so that was the, the first attraction. And then I started trying to do my intervals in Zwift. And at first I was also um, quite frustrated and I found it was difficult to execute the intervals as I would usually do them in the road um, because usually I, for example, like to use the climb of Rokokoba um, to do my intervals. I like, you know, to do repeats up and down the climb. So at first I couldn't really find a way of simulating this in the virtual world. And then it didn't take me long until I came across um, Alp de Zwift. And suddenly Alp de Zwift provided me a platform in the virtual world, very similar to the platform I would usually use in the real world to do um, my intervals. And so, you know, from week to week, I started to discover the, the potential of Zwift more and more. And yeah, in, in a matter of three or four weeks, I was totally hooked. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit of background. Um, how I managed to find my way to enjoy Zwift. Yeah, already so much good stuff in there and maybe some, uh, so many familiar things for people who during this time also jumped on Zwift and, and gave it a go. Uh, maybe also a bit hesitant in the beginning, see what's going to happen and then discover the, discover the beauty of it. Uh, like you said, you suddenly came into the situation of a lockdown. Was it then and you decided to work on your uh, work on your weaknesses was it then something that you discussed with your trainer to see okay how, how am i going to attack this yeah of course so um the first the first very first thing to do was to sit down and have a long chat with my trainer to decide how we can approach um, the situation. If I'm totally honest, I actually, you know, I've changed coach um, this season. So I started with a new coach um, at the end in, in November last year. Um, and my, my focus or my training focus um, changed a little bit or evolved a little bit. Um, so I, I had gone through a period where in the off season, I'd done a, a lot more um, hours or more um, quantity than what I would usually have done in the past. You know, so now it was quite a big adaptation. I just made the shift to the new mentality of, of training, you know, a bit more volume um, together with intervals. And now suddenly we had this reality that it was lockdown, you know, and indoor training. 
Um, and so, you know, I, I had a long conversation with my coach and um, we acknowledged, um, you know, that indoor training is very different to road cycling and that it might be quite difficult to um, to execute the same amount of volume on the indoor trainer because it is, as I said, much harder on the muscles. You don't have the same yeah. sort of like freewheel ability or, you know, um, sitting Actually, well, funny enough, in Zwift, you do have the option to sit in the wheels. So that is something that I started to realize as I used the platform more. Um, so in the beginning, we we really took it week by week, you know, um, adapting week by week to the, the new um, challenges that indoor training presented. And as I said to you, in the first week, it was really quite hard because um, my muscles – it was a new kind of fatigue, you know, um, suddenly the intervals felt that much harder. It was much harder to hold the power um, at the, the numbers I would usually hold on the road. And I really had to um, dig deep inside my myself um, to find the mental strength, you know, to overcome this challenge, you know, to kind of accept the limitations, but to continue to push um, to try to get closer and closer to the numbers that I'm used to holding. And so the first week, my legs were really sore and I didn't have access to a physio either, you know, so it was a whole, <laughs> a whole new challenge. And then the second week, you know, it was really, again, you know, pushed mentally to get through the, the, um, the fatigue of the muscles. And, and then week three, we actually decided to kind of back off a little little bit and, and just ha have an easier week um, to, to recover. And then week four, I really started to see the switch, you know, when suddenly my body was adapting to the new form of training, we could um, suddenly start taking the hours up a bit more to get closer to the volume that I would usually want to, to be holding. So from week four in lockdown, I was, I was doing pretty much 20 hours a week um, on Zwift, including all the interval sessions I would usually be doing on the road. And my numbers were just getting better and better week by week. I was starting to get closer and closer um, to my road numbers. So it was really good to start at first with the, the guidance of my coach to say, okay, let's be real realistic. Let's take it step by step. Let's drop the threshold by 30 watts to start with. Let's drop your um, volume by 30%, 20 to 30%, and let's take it week by week and let's see how we progress. And in the beginning, I suppose – um, lockdown was always presented to us by the government as a two-week period. So it started off as lockdown for two weeks, you know, and and then it got extended by another two weeks and then by another two weeks. Um, so I suppose that's how I managed to cope with it. You know, you kind of just put it as two-week blocks each time. And, and at the end of the two weeks, you see where you are and, you know, you readjust again. So, um, yeah, it was quite an amazing journey. Um and something I'm actually quite grateful for because I, I've learned so much through the process, both physically and mentally. And, and as you said, I think somewhere else already, like you feel like you're a master of Swift now. And if I'm right, uh, before the, the Tour for All started, the Swift Tour for All, uh, there's been like a, in the, on the team, the CCC Live, everyone sort of like prepared a, a topic or a subject to talk about and to educa educate each other about. And you gave sort of like a tutorial on Swift to your teammates. Is that right? Yeah. So um, when the lockdown, well, when the races started to get cancelled and the lockdown started, I mean, the team did a really good job of, of adjusting quickly, you know, um, to think, you know, how are we going to get through this as a team? So from the very beginning, we started um, with, we call it our CCC Live Academy. So we do two meetings a week um, on some you would on zoom so that we can talk to each other in video and we had topics every week to discuss and it ranged anything from um 
team tactics to um, mental strength to how how everyone's getting through this challenging time. And then, of course, it also came to Zwift uh, because it started to become a reality that there was going to be some competition on Zwift. And it also became a reality that Zwift is a really good platform for us to engage as teammates um, now with all the restrictions, but also to engage with our fan base. Um, so that's something that was very, very interesting to me when it came to Zwift is that it suddenly opened up the world um, to a, a new, um, a whole new reach because usually, you know, um, in the world as we know it before the pandemic, you know, if you were going to do a sponsor event um, or a ride as a, a CCC Live team, you know, to be able to ride with your fans, you have to be in the same place at the same time. But now, all of a sudden, in the virtual world, you can be riding with people in all around the world, you know, all on this vir virtual platform. So it just suddenly opened up the world, you know, in the lockdown. I think that's what really helped me during this lockdown period where it was so-called isolation and social distancing. But all of a sudden, my cycling became more social than it had ever been, you know. So to be able to create – I started off, for example, hosting a live ride on um, Zwift every Monday, and I'm still doing it. And it's a woman's ride, you know. And it was just – it's so amazing how um, every Monday you get together and you're riding with people that are in – um, California, in the UK, in Holland, in Germany, in France, you know, you're all coming, even South Africa, a lot of my South African fans, we're all riding together in this virtual world, but actually we're so far apart. Um, and then, you know, it's just a whole new dimensions that opened up to me. You know, I, I've just started to see how nice it was to engage with women because all of a sudden, um, the female fan base became more accessible because it's a reality in, in pro cycling that that we, we struggle sometimes to engage our female fan base because they feel intimidated or they feel um, shy or that they might become embarrassed if they come and join us for a ride because they can't keep up. And it's really amazing how Swift has break, broken down those barriers um, between the female fan base because all of a sudden you come together on this virtual platform, the women seem to be more confident because they're doing it from the safety of their home um, you know, so other than just the, the danger of traffic or maybe yeah. a puncture and they feel they can't fix their puncture, it's also just that safe kind of environment where suddenly they feel more uh, more confident to ask a question because they feel comfortable in, in their own home. So um, it's amazing how Zwift has, has um, opened up that potential in terms of developing your um, or growing your female fan base, but even bigger, growing your entire fan base because suddenly – you, you ride past someone in Zwift, in Watopia, in the virtual world of Watopia, and it might be someone who's riding in, as I said, in California, and they knew nothing about CCC Live, um, and suddenly you ride past them in your CCC Live kit, and you have this little orange jersey next to your name, which says you're a pro, and they see your name, and you, you maybe press your ride on button as you ride past, and you give them a ride on, which is a thumbs up, you know, saying, hey, ride on. And suddenly they're like, oh, who's this? Ashley Mormat Passio, she's a pro. She gave me a ride on. Oh, I'm going to follow her, you know. So it's it's incredible how it opens up the world to um, fan engagement. It's a whole new dimension now. Um, and de I, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you could definitely see that already. And do you notice for yourself what it what has done to like the both the team brand and also maybe for your personal brand? Did, did you gain followers somewhere on social, et cetera? 
Yeah, so that's an interesting thing. So, I mean, I, I drifted a little bit off course, you know, but um, so it's crazy how it starts just connecting the team, you know, for us to ride together somewhere in the virtual world. But then you start you start accessing a whole new network of people. So um, for sure, I've seen an increase in, in my following. Um, I have a very good following on Zwift, for example. So a lot of people are following me on Zwift. But I've also seen how... Um, you know, I'm, I'm gaining new followers on Instagram, on Twitter, on all my social platforms because of, you know, this visibility or the, um, the people that I'm coming across through riding on Zwift. And then, interestingly enough, you know, the opportunity that um, Zwift presented with the Tour for All, the racing on Zwift with um, live coverage on Eurosport and on GCN. I mean, it was an incredible opportunity for women cycling um, because suddenly we had equality with the men you know suddenly we were racing the same races the same distances the same course and we were getting um similar tv hours to the men because they were you know they'd start one day the woman first um, and the men second and then the next day the men first and the, and the woman second so um you know we were suddenly on mainstream tv and um streaming on gcn and it, it's incredible i've it's it's strange for me to say this, but after winning races in the virtual world, I actually got more interest and more engagement on my social media and more followers than what I've ever experienced um, with regards to racing in, in the real world. Oh, and wow. the interesting thing that come out of all of this as well is that Swift um, or virtual racing, so um, digital racing, whether it's on Zwift or on any other platform, um, it suddenly is engaging also a, a new fan base because suddenly um, the numbers are starting to show that the people watching the virtual racing are of a younger demographic, you know. Um, so for me, although I, I absolutely love racing on the road still, and I'm, it doesn't, you know, I don't ever um, believe that the virtual world will replace the real life racing. Um, it's just very interesting the opportunity that um, virtual racing suddenly presents cycling in terms of growing fan base and in reaching a new audience, and in particular for women cycling. It's just shown such great opportunity for women cycling to get the exposure um, that our sport needs. And uh, maybe we can just take a take a small step, uh, small step back. Um, people who are listening now are thinking like, "Oh, she, she's so enthusiastic about Swift. This must be it." Uh, but I'm still not really sure what it is. C can you sort of like explain to them, like really short, like what is Swift and what are the opportunities that they've got there? Yeah, so Swift is one of the um, virtual platforms um, where you can train and now you know race um, online. And there are different kinds of platforms, but I suppose the reason why I really enjoy Zwift is because um, it presents a great opportunity as a social platform. So um, to be able to ride with other people all around the world, um, to be able to chat so they have a, um, a uh, app that you download onto your phone, onto your iPhone, which is called the companion app. Um, and so while you're riding around, you have the option to, to chat, to type messages to the people around you. Um, they also have quite a lot of different um, options in terms of creating group rides. So um, Swift every day, for example, they have a, a, a lot of events and it, it goes literally um, every 10 or 15 minutes, there's a new event um, on Swift. So it goes, it, it satisfies all the time zones um, across the world. 
Um, and it can be just casual group rides to races. So, you know, there's um, there's the opportunity to to enter a race, no matter who you are, you know, um, on Zwift. Um, and then there's also the option to create your own meetups. So you can start inviting your own followers to join you for a meetup, which can be um, everyone holding their own power and you all just try to stay together or you, you, hold the, you try to hold the similar power to weight so that you're riding in a group. But you also have the option that you can create a banded ride. Um, and what that means is, is that um, it doesn't matter what power anybody is, is holding, you always stay together as a group. Um, so that's a really nice way of, for example, engaging um, with people of different abilities. You know, it's more a social ride, you know, where everyone stays together and, and you can chat. Um, but then, of course, there's also the racing possibility on Zwift. Um, and the reason why I think Zwift has um, has become quite a nice platform, virtual platform for, um, for virtual racing is because of um, the, the extent to which they have developed their algorithm. So in Zwift, um, there is the option, well, not there is the option, there is a draft effect in Zwift. So if you sit on someone's wheel, you do get a draft effect, a little bit like you would in the real world. Um, and they have a whole lot of algorithms, even when it comes to, for example, road surface. If you're riding on gr the gravel, then they have a rolling resistance algorithm in it. So depending on what bike you choose or what wheels you choose, you, you can go faster. So, for example, if you choose a mountain bike on a gravel route, you will go much faster than if you were, going, you were riding a, a road bike. And then, interestingly enough, they've also um, – introduced a game a more gamified effect where they have power-ups um so there's five different types of power-ups and they range from um uh, the featherweight power-up for example where if you push it so you know you have a little feather that appears on your companion app and you um you click on the feather and for um, 30 seconds it takes nine kilograms of your weight so all of a sudden you feel this boost, you know, on the climb. And this could, for example, help you to break away because if you use it at the right moment, you can get that 20 or 30 second advantage on your competitor and maybe it helps you um, in the race, you know. And then there's other ones for draft effect where it boosts your draft effect or where, where it makes you undraftable so no one can sit in your slipstream. So it's a, it's a nice platform because it has all of these um, – so many different options to satisfy so many different kinds of people from whether you just want to have a nice social ride together and you don't have you don't want to have to worry about keeping up with someone to um, racing and including these gamified effects to make the racing a little bit different. Um, so yeah, there's a lot to talk about when it comes to Zwift and really understanding what it's all about. But um, I, I think, think you could go for hours and hours or not on Zwift. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like a new discipline. So that's the interesting thing. And I think that's what digital cycling is presenting to to cycling in, in this time is that there is almost a new discipline in virtual cycling and that it really can complement um, road cycling because of, you know, for example, we've spoken a lot about um, because of the advantage it gives in terms of networking and reaching your fans um, or engaging a new um, a new fan base through the the racing, so a younger fan base. But it also, I mean, I've even seen it through the lockdown period how it has um, it has complemented my road cycling in terms of helping me 
to def- to work on my weaknesses and to become a more powerful rider. So the reality is, is that during the period that I was training indoors on my Tax Neo Smart Trainer um, on Zwift, I I saw um, real life advantages in my power. So I did a, a power test and I saw that I increased my max power by by 30 watts. And then when the lockdown finally um, ended in Spain and I was allowed to go outdoors, I went and I and I attempted because I live literally at the base of a, a climb in Girona area called Rocacorba, which is quite a well-known climb um, for pros to go in and test themselves and their form, you know, so the Strava um, times on, on Rocacorba are quite competitive, you know, and so I I went up Rocacorba on the first day that I was allowed to ride outdoors and I set a time of 31.09, which was um, three and a half minutes faster than what my previous QOM time was. So it really showed oh, wow. training indoors, not only was it a great platform um, for engagement, but it was it also made me stronger on the road. So I think that there there's proof now that um, virtual cycling and road cycling can actually really complement each other in, in more than one way. So definitely something that you that you're looking forward to uh, carrying on through the rest of the season, maybe the, the, maybe even the rest of your career in combining those two. Yeah, I definitely am. Um, I really enjoy um, virtual training and and virtual racing. Um, I really find it exciting. It's a, it's a different kind of racing because usually it's um, short and it's quite intense. Um, but yeah, for me, it's really exciting to. Just, it's a little bit like cyclocross, I suppose. You know, the way there are road cyclists, like my own teammate, um, Mariana Boss, who races on the road, but she also races cyclocross. It would be a bit similar, you know, so where I would race on the road, but I also want to do virtual racing um, because, you know, it's fast, it's exciting, it's a little bit different, it engages a new fan base, um, and I can do it from from the comfort of my home. So I can actually have my family all in the same room as me cheering me on, you know. Um, I was so about to say, I be... saw those photos when you were at the, at the Tour for Swift and all the other races that you actually have your family standing next to you and they're just cheering you on while you're racing. That must be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah it is quite exciting, you know. So it's a, it's, a, it's a different, as I said, discipline, but um, I really find it, it it's... It really um, complements the road cycling. And I've also, other than, you know, racing online, you know, I've kind of cited, well, I will continue with the the live um, ladies ride that I do every Monday at five um, because I think it's just a nice community building opportunity. It's a nice opportunity to um, engage a female fan base, to break down those barriers. Um, you know, I also committed to continuing to, to do at least one interval session a week on Swift um, because I think it is good to um, continue to to keep that sort of high torque power style of, of riding into my into my training regime. And then, you know, it's also a great opportunity, for example, for me to engage in, in meetup rides to build my network even in terms of our business, Rocco Cycling, you know, to ride with guests. Yeah usually would have come to stay with us at Rocco Corba Cycling. Now I can ride with them in the virtual world. And yeah, I even see a lot of opportunity for it um, in terms of possibly engaging with um, or creating an, an academy style initiative where I can play a more hands-on role in trying to help um, develop uh, young, talented riders in South Africa. Because all of a sudden, although I'm living in Spain, I could, for example, 
do a certain number of training rides a month or maybe once a week with some of the young talented riders in South Africa and help them to develop their talent, um, you know, through through the virtual world. And it also presents a great opportunity, for example, for countries like South Africa, where one of the biggest obstacles um, against um, the development of female um, cycling is the danger, you know, of riding on the road and the safety aspect of it. So virtual cycling, training on these amazing smart trainers, which are just getting better, you know, week by week. You know, I, I even am on an outdated tax neo trainer now i know there's a new version and they're just getting better and better <laughs> so it just keeps making um your virtual experience that much more realistic um and so even if i just comment in terms of the smart trainer that i'm on you know the tax neo it's not 100 percent rigid either you know it's it's got the option that it moves a little bit like you would on the road so the technology is just getting better and better um that it simulates the feeling of the road even better and better and if you if you then look at maybe at the, at the racing that you did, you did quite a bit of racing on there, uh, not unsuccessful. If we talk about that Swift two for all, uh, you did three stages and you won all three of them. How was that with the, with the team? Was it still a bit of a team effort? Because I heard you guys were like on Discord, like a, a separate app. You can stay in, in uh, communication with each other during the races. Uh, how how did that work? What was said during the races to each other? Yeah, so it was really a great opportunity to to get as close as possible um, to the real life um, experience of racing together. So we, you know, we first started off as a team just doing some social rides on Zwift. So the, the team meeting up and chatting on Discord and just trying to simulate that feeling of, okay, if we were on training camp and we were going on a big group ride um, as a team, this is how we would be. You know, we're riding along and we're chatting. So that was our first, you know, introduction to Zwift and Discord and the app which we use for chatting. And then the race opportunity came up with the, um, with the tour for all. And so, yeah, every day um, with the race, we would um, meet, you know, half an hour before on Discord while we were warming up and we'd all talk together a little bit about the tactics and how we're going to approach the race because there, there are tax tactics involved in, in Zwift racing. Um, and then, you know, the race would start and it would be similar to the kind of conversation you'd be having on your race radio, you know, so, talking to each other, motivating one another, and maybe saying, hey, watch this rider, she's looking strong, or, okay, the climb's coming, you know, get to the front of the peloton, <laughs> because it really is, you know, it is like that in Zwift, you know, you have to position yourself well before you get, yeah. before you enter the climb, so it was, it was really the closest we could get to, um, to simulating, you know, the racing that we do on the road, but in the virtual world. So it was really a fun experience, you know, to get that same kind of feeling of connection um, through the Discord app, chatting to one another like we would on the race radio and then watching our avatars, you know, uh, racing around this virtual world. <laughs> and telling each other which uh, which power-ups you had. Yeah, exactly. When you're going to use it, et cetera. What's, what's your favorite power-up in Swift? My favorite power-up is is the feather one. <laughs> so the feather weight <laughs> on the climbs. On the climbs, it really has a good advantage. Um, but another really good power-up um, on Zwift is the aero helmet, um, because when it comes down to a sprint, then the aero helmet is a huge advantage um, in the sprint. And and the reality is, the good thing with Zwift in terms of virtual racing is that it's it doesn't always come down purely to power to weight, um, which is sometimes um, the, the scenario with other virtual world apps these days is that 
you know, it's all about your power to weight. If you have the best power to weight, you win. Um, but in Zwift, that's not necessarily the case. Um, the only place where power to weight really, really has a big advantage is when the climb is steeper than seven or eight percent. I'd say that's pretty much the turning point. So if it's seven or eight, if it's above seven or eight percent, then your power to weight really makes a big advantage. And for example, a featherweight um, power up will have a huge advantage. But any climbs that are um, less than seven or eight percent, there really still is quite a good draft effect involved. So it does make it still quite realistic. You 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 don't just break away very easily. There's quite a lot of tactics involved um, in terms of when is the exact right moment to attack if you want to get away. And then what that means is, is that you do sometimes come to come to the finish as a small group and then it's a sprint. And then the aero helmet is definitely the best power up to have. <laughs> Okay, uh, I want to move on to the TurboTalks fan question of the week because uh, it's a really uh, on-topic one for this one. Uh, it's asked by Helen Bridgman and she wanted to know what are your top tips for winning Zwift races? What's well, the secret? The secret is you have to be ready to suffer <laughs> because they are hard <laughs> and you have to start fast. So um, it's just the reality of, of Zwift racing is um, everyone kind of gets really excited to start. And, and the reality is there is also a bit of a delay, you know. So um, if you increase your power, you only really feel the effect of it maybe five seconds, a couple of seconds later in the game. So, um, for example, when it comes to starting a race on Zwift, you actually already start to, um, to do an effort five seconds before the start. Because then when you start, you're already moving. If you, if you wait for the um, countdown timer to go in at zero and then you start, you're for sure going to be left behind. Um, so the important thing is to already start um, your effort five seconds before the race starts. And then also to be ready to, um, to start fast. Because everyone's a bit excited. Everyone's... Um, jostling for positioning, you know, so the, the avatars, you're all trying to find your positioning in, in the bunch. And so the the start is usually fast. Um, and then usually it kind of settles down after 15 or 20 minutes and you can hopefully your heart rate comes down a little bit. But the reality is, is that you've got to be ready to, <laughs> to stay at a high heart rate more or less for the whole race, unless it's a longer race. Um, so we had the experience in Tour for All that we did race a stage that was 70 kilometers. And then it is a little bit different, but most um, Zwift races are between 40 minutes to one hour. And so it's one hour of full gas, you know, ready to suffer and, you know, just got to enjoy it for what it is. Somehow I think we're crazy because we enjoy the suffering. <laughs> <laughs> and now I can imagine if you do like all that intense riding uh, on your trainer, how do you combine that now with riding outdoors? Are your outdoor rides like more the easy, longer rides now than they were before maybe? or? Yeah, so I mean, it, it's very difficult to execute a, a long endurance ride on Zwift um, because it's just it's just too hard and, and it does become boring if you want to do a really long four or five hour ride. So for sure, outdoors is um, is ticking the box for me in terms of the long endurance rides but it is also still important to do um to do some 
for example, interval efforts outdoors as well. Um, because at the end of the day, you know, that's my, my real profession is racing outdoors. So I can't lose yeah. the feeling for that, you know. Um, so as I said, um, I like to do now with the lockdown restrictions being lifted and I am allowed to train outdoors. I like to do some social rides on Zwift every week. Um, and I like to do one interval session on Zwift, maybe sometimes two, depending on what's on my schedule for, for the week. So if I have interval um, sessions that are quite sort of controlled where it's maybe like on off on off type of stuff so under over stuff where you know it's five minutes on five minutes or five minutes on five minutes off then I quite like um, the opportunity that indoor training and Zwift presents because you can really control um, those on off efforts you don't have the situation that oh now I'm at a traffic light or oh, now I'm suddenly in the town and it's too dangerous to hold my power at, at the power that I want. Uh, you know, so if it's a really controlled type of um, interval set like that, then it's really good to do it on, on Zwift. Um, I also like to do the occasional talk session on Zwift. Um, on Elp Do Zwift, I always go to Elp Do Zwift for my talk sessions um, because it really means you have to really push talk, you know, so you're building power. Um, yeah. But you have to find a balance because too much of that on Zwift um, also just fatigues the legs so um yeah it's nice to find a balance but outdoors definitely for the long rides the endurance rides and um and of course at least some of the interval sessions a week and then you know talk sessions or really controlled sessions i like to do on swift okay and maybe if the people who follow you on swift they may have noticed that you're up to uh, i think about 40 or 41,000 meters of climbing now the question looms did you enter that everest challenge at you get the new the Swift concept bike when you get to fifty thousand meters. I I didn't actually, and sometimes I think to myself, oh, it was silly. I should have. But then, <laughs> because I'm a CCC Live rider, why would I want to change my Live Langma bike? You know, I'm on a Live Langma in the virtual world, so I don't need a Tron bike. <laughs> <laughs> That's the correct answer. <laughs> All right. Let me see. I think I have one more question for you. Yeah, I'm actually quite curious to know, like you said, like it improved your, your power output uh, by training indoors, etc. cetera. Um, what can we expect now when racing resumes outdoors and people and there have been more riders training indoors as well? Is, is everyone just going to make a jump in their level or what do you expect from that? Yeah, it would be interesting to see. So, I mean, part of my motivation during the, the lockdown period was that I thought to myself, okay, if I can find the motivation, because I know that a lot of, of road cyclists are have a bit of a brain block to indoor training or maybe without the racing, they're struggling to motivate themselves because there isn't a goal. So I thought to myself, okay, I know I'm quite – I'm a very self-disciplined person and I know that I can take a lot of like um, motivation f from the bigger picture, so just becoming – a better cyclist or improving my power output. I don't necessarily have to have a race to motivate me. So I thought, okay, well, maybe this is my opportunity to use this period as a little bit of an advantage. If I can stay really motivated and productive and train hard during this period, then I should have an advantage when the racing finally resumes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm proud of the way that I managed to, to adapt and to find the motivation to continue to improve and that I could actually measure that improvement in seeing, you know, my power output increasing, my VO2 max increasing. So um, 
for sure I hope to get onto the road and to and to have a whole new level. Um, and it's encouraging for me because I'm not the youngest cyclist. So, you know, I'm in my 30s and to see that I still have potential to improve, that I haven't reached the the ceiling of my potential yet. Um, is very encouraging, and so it gives me a lot of motivation um, when we return to road cycling. But yeah, it will be interesting to see how the the peloton adapts. The reality is, not all of us were restricted to indoor training, so there were um, a lot of cyclists um, in other parts of of Europe. So, for example, my Dutch teammates who could continue to train outdoors. Um, so a lot of them continue to to execute their training as as normal. Um, and then there are some that could were stuck indoors and they really struggled to find motivation. So it's going to be interesting, but I think we do all have um, enough preparation or enough time now, you know, that we're all working towards the 1st of August and we all know kind of more or less what our goals are and which races we want to target. So I don't think that one party has an advantage over the other right now, you know, because there were some people that were starting to say, well, those who can ride outdoors, they have an advantage over those who are stuck indoors. Um, I think we all have equal opportunity now to put the effort in to get back to the racing in the best possible form. But I'm, I must say, I'm very interested to see, you know, um, the, all this work that I've done indoors, I'm hoping that it translates into even better performance on the road. And hopefully it can uh, continue your unbeaten streak this season. <laughs> yes, that would be wonderful, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're going to wrap it up. Uh, Ashley, I want to thank you so much for your time. Hope we didn't uh, take up too much of it. Thanks for explaining everything from Swift. It's an absolute pleasure and yeah, um, I always have a lot to say. So for those of you <laughs> who want to listen, I think, yeah, make sure you have a cup of coffee and some time to listen. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. All right. A big thank you to Ashley Mumapasio for joining us this week. And a big thank you for you, all of you listening uh, to another episode of the Turbo Talks. Uh, so if you enjoyed this Swift extravaganza with Ashley, don't forget to tell a friend about this podcast and uh, yeah, perhaps just go join her on her weekly uh, Monday ride or maybe on another Swift event soon. And, but most of all, just make sure you never stop cycling. Uh, this was Rob Bauer with Ashley Moorman-Bessio. Stay tuned for the next Turbo Talks.